0: Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff.
1: And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, we've got some good news and some bad news when it comes to our planet. First, you'll learn about why a predicted increase in phytoplankton is really good for our environment. And then, you'll learn about how researchers can now detect evidence of climate change from just one day of global weather conditions. We'll wrap up with the incredible story of how Pablo Escobar's hippos have become an invasive species in Colombia.
0: From good to bad to weird, Yes. let's satisfy some curiosity.
1: You probably don't spend much time thinking about phytoplankton, but they're incredibly important to our planet. The microscopic, single-celled organisms form the base of almost every ocean food web. And get this, they produce about half of the oxygen in the atmosphere— Their survival is really important, so environmental scientists have been worried about how phytoplankton might be affected by climate change. Fortunately, researchers at the University of California, Irvine, recently discovered that phytoplankton may actually thrive in warming waters. You can think of phytoplankton as nutrient recyclers, and a lot of their recycling depends on the circulation of ocean water. Phytoplankton live in the upper layer of the ocean, where they use sunlight to turn carbon dioxide into oxygen through photosynthesis. They also consume nitrates, phosphates, and sulfur, which typically make it to the upper layer when water circulates. But when oceans heat up, the warm upper layer and the cold lower layer don't mix as easily. And for plankton, that means fewer nutrients. Or at least that's what scientists thought until now. Scientists generally measure plankton populations by the amount of chlorophyll in the water. That green pigment is necessary for photosynthesis, so it seems safe to assume phytoplankton are filled with this stuff. But it turns out that plankton living at warmer latitudes only maintain a small amount of chlorophyll. There's so much sunlight in these regions that the plankton just need a few molecules of the green stuff to make photosynthesis happen. With this in mind, the UC Irvine team took a new plankton census— They found huge amounts of an even tinier creature called, get this, picophytoplankton, in tropical oceans. And when they created a new model that took these little guys into account, it predicted that there would be a 10 to 20 percent increase in plankton biomass by the year 2100. This surprising increase shows that plankton are able to adapt to less circulation in warmer oceans. One theory is that dead plankton might stay at the top of the ocean for longer rather than sinking to the bottom. It's possible that living plankton are upcycling their dead friends for nutrients, which is kind of sweet when you think about it. Whatever the reason may be, we're glad to hear that plankton won't completely die out as the oceans warm. The whole planet is going to need them now more than ever.
0: And now for me to ruin the fun. As climate scientists are probably tired of explaining, weather and climate are two different things, right? We even did a whole segment on the difference between the two on an episode of Curiosity Daily last February. It was almost exactly a year ago. And weather and climate are different. We're not saying that's changed. But as the amount of carbon in the atmosphere continues to climb, that distinction is becoming a little bit murky. According to a recent study, researchers can now detect evidence of climate change from just one day of global weather conditions. We usually talk about climate change in terms of the average global temperature. That basically comes down to all the energy we get from the sun in a year, minus the energy the Earth radiates back into space. Scientists analyzing annual changes have seen the average global temperature rise by about 1.5 degrees Fahrenheit since the Industrial Revolution. But they had been very careful to make the distinction between that long-term trend and whatever the weather was on any particular day. I mean, like, if there's a snowstorm in December, that doesn't mean that the Earth isn't getting warmer because it's cold on one day, right? But now, for the first time, researchers have detected the effect of climate change on daily weather. They can see evidence of climate change on the global weather pattern for any day since the spring of 2012. Here's how this works. Local weather conditions are affected by a ton of variables, like atmospheric pressure, cloud cover, and high-altitude wind patterns. A surprise cold front can cause local temperatures to plummet by 30 degrees. Since climate change is relatively subtle compared to such extreme variations in weather, it's very hard to see the effects of climate change in local weather data. But when you look at daily weather data for the entire planet, local variations virtually disappear. What these researchers have done is compared the expected natural variations of temperature and humidity across the world with what's actually observed. And there's a big difference. And they found that it's explained by the effects of climate change. But like I said before, that still doesn't mean that a cold day in Chicago in December means that global warming isn't a thing. Again, this is daily weather on a global scale. As one of the co-authors told the Washington Post, quote, weather is climate change if you look over the whole globe, end quote. And what's behind the change? Well, for one, scientists are getting better at measuring and analyzing weather and climate data. The researchers here used cutting-edge machine learning techniques to study huge, complicated data sets. But another thing that happened is stronger signals in the data. Climate change becomes easier to spot as it becomes more extreme. Here's hoping we can reverse that trend. Ashley, you owe me for doing the bad news. (laughs) People aren't going to like me now.
1: Well, thank you for falling on that sword. Today's episode is sponsored by Clear.
0: I'm generally a pretty punctual person, but for some reason, I am the worst at getting to the airport on time. And that's why I'm excited about our newest sponsor, Clear. Clear helps you
1: get through security with the tap of a finger so you can get to your gate faster, where Ashley is probably waiting for Cody to get there all sweaty and...
0: Never happened. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about.
1: So Clear replaces the need for physical ID cards, using your eyes and fingertips to get you
0: through security. It works great with PreCheck, too. Signing up is easy. Just create your account online before going to the airport, and then once you get there, a Clear ambassador helps you finish the process. Clear helps you get through security faster in over 65 airports and stadiums across the country, with more being added every day. Up to three family members can be added at a discounted rate, and kids under 18 are free when traveling with a Clear member. Right now, Curiosity Daily listeners can get their first two months of Clear for free. Go to clearme.com slash curiosity and use code curiosity.
1: That's C-L-E-A-R-M-E.com slash curiosity, code curiosity, for your free two months of Clear. Okay, this next sentence might break your brain. Pablo Escobar's hippos are pooping too much. Okay, okay, I'll explain. In the 1980s, the drug kingpin Pablo Escobar became South America's most notorious zookeeper when he brought rhinos, giraffes, zebras, and hippos to his family's ranch in Colombia. When his empire collapsed in the 90s, most of the animals were sent to zoos across the region except for the four resident hippos. Those hippos made more hippos, and now there are 80 of them. New research says they're having a big impact on the environment, and it stinks. The researchers spent two years comparing water quality in lakes with hippos and lakes where hippos haven't moved in, at least not yet. They looked at water chemistry and took surveys of bacteria, insects, and crustaceans. It turns out that hippos introduce a lot of nutrients into their new environments. Nutrients? Poop. Like I said, there there is so much poop. Oh, right. See, hippos spend their nights on land, roaming around and eating. They spend their days cooling off in lakes, where they relieve themselves. Constantly. Basically, they collect nutrients and energy from the land, break it down, and deposit it into the lake. All that poop changes the water chemistry and can have a huge effect on everything else that lives in the water. It can alter the kinds of algae and bacteria that thrive there and may even lead to algae blooms, which can smother the water's surface and use up all the oxygen. Like I mentioned, the hippo population there has grown from 4 to 80 in just two decades. The researchers think that two decades from now, their numbers could climb into the thousands. These hippos are technically an invasive species. The largest invasive species in the world, in fact. It remains to be seen how these lumbering interlopers affect their native neighbors, like manatees, caimans, and giant river turtles. This is the first study on what the hippos are doing to their environment, so there's still a lot we don't know. But it's probably safe to say that they aren't good news for their local ecosystems. And it's best we tackle this problem earlier than later. After all, those hippos are just gonna make
0: more hippos. Let's recap what we learned today. Well, it turns out phytoplankton's pretty important. As in, it produces about half of the atmosphere's oxygen, which is as much as all land plants combined.
1: Yeah, just because they're small doesn't mean they're not important.
0: Yeah, and one silver lining of global warming for a long time, we thought that climate change was going to make tropical oceans inhospitable to phytoplankton. But new evidence suggests that the phytoplankton will actually increase in population in those areas. So, one little piece of silver lining.
1: Yeah, but a not-silver lining. What do you, what's the opposite of silver? Gray?
0: Um, Like the worst rock? The worst uh, mineral? Like, yeah, I, I guess. Okay. I just Googled the worst rock, and the top result is (laughs) creed.
1: One creed lining is that we can now detect the effects of climate change in daily weather patterns if we look at all of the weather around the globe as a whole.
0: Daily global weather patterns.
1: Yes. Daily global weather patterns.
0: Very important distinction.
1: Because climate and weather are still different things, but climate and global weather are more linked than you think.
0: And speaking of things that aren't super great for our planet, but also really bizarre and worth noting, is that infamous drug kingpin Pablo Escobar created a family zoo in Colombia and now its hippos are running rampant, messing with the chemical balance of lakes.
1: Yeah. <sighs> and I mean, like, I feel like the first the first instinct for many people would be like, all oh, those hippos, I want to go see all those hippos. You don't want to see the hippos. Hippos are mean.
0: I've heard they're very violent, yeah.
1: Yeah, you want to stay away from those hippos. Also, you might want to Google hippos pooping because it's awful.
0: (laughs) Highly notable. We made it through an entire episode talking about hippos several times, and neither of us have said the word hungry.
1: No, that's true. And we're both children of the 80s. We've both played our share of hungry, hungry hippos, and we did it. We made it through until This moment until I ruined ruined it. it. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm here for, (laughs) Cody the Ruiner. (laughs) All right, for the next three days, I'm only allowed to do stories about like how everything is better than ever, and we just. Found a cure for diseases and other good, feel-good, nice things
1: To be fair, that's usually what our show is about
0: That's fair The climate and weather story definitely warranted a follow-up Because longtime listeners learned a year ago one thing And we gotta update on the
1: Well, it's still true! Climate and weather are still different things Yeah,
0: but we gotta update on the nuance Sure I'm all about nuance Yeah I'm hungry for nuance
1: (laughs) (laughs) You are hungry, hungry for nuance Yep
0: Today's stories were written by Andrea Michelson and Grant Curran and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily.
1: Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff.
0: Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay
1: curious.